0: No We'd love to hear your questions, experiences, and challenges. Together, we'll create a thriving community of like-minded individuals, supporting each other to thrive and shine. Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, depending on where in the world you are today. This is a special edition of Hometown Heroes, because I had to get this young man on, and we had to fit around (laughs) his schedule, which I'm willing to do. I'm going to start out with first, I love, I'm going to quote you on this. Once you get uncomfortable with being uncomfortable and you, things you've never done before, that's where success comes from. Yes. And re, you will be seeing that quote more coming up. I truly believe that you're going to see a lot of things coming out of this kid. Welcome, Asher Dahlgren.
1: Yes, that's right. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me on, Mary.
0: Oh, it is a pleasure. This young man created his own business in high school. And with the motivation to keep going, he strives to help teach some of us marketing and how to help others to create those small businesses to succeed in small businesses. Can you explain where this whole great idea came from and where and start from the beginning?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, I think I started probably late 2022. I started doing some social media management for a real estate agent. And the thought came to me that so many businesses on social media as a way of marketing. And I had this idea. I was like, I want to start my own business. So it's called Dahlgren Social. That's my company name. And today, I think I work with about seven or eight clients uh, managing their social media. I also have a team of people that um, do some work for me as well. Um, but it really started with an, uh, an idea and an area where I knew I could add value to.
0: Can I ask how old you are now?
1: Yeah, I'm 16.
0: So how does a 16-year-old be able to go to high school, be high school, and run a business at the same time with having people work for him.
1: Uh, Google Calendar helps a lot, I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> but it it really is difficult sometimes managing my time um, because it is a very delicate balance. You know, I need to focus on school. My parents want me to focus on school, um, but I also have clients to attend to. And I really think that if you structure your time well, you can get a lot out of it. And it honestly doesn't feel like work to me, a lot of my business. It doesn't feel like work because I enjoy doing it. Um, So I think that's the key to balance.
0: You are learning something that a lot of adults still haven't figured out yet.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I get that a lot.
0: Where do you see this going down the road after graduation of high school?
1: Yeah, so I ultimately get into real estate when I'm older, uh, become a realtor, as well as a public speaker, because everybody says, you know, Asher, you're really inspiring I want to speak to other students about starting their own business. So that's I want to do both those things when I'm older. Um, In terms of this business, I think I'm going to keep this business and take on more team members to sort of run the company for me. Um, But, yeah, I'm not sure exactly what where I'm going to be in 10 years for sure because I like to focus on the step right in front of me and how I can uh, make the most out of, what I have right now, and then also to just let the future play out.
0: I absolutely love that. And, you know, what's really great about what you're doing, and i got to give props to your parents, because so many kids Mm -hmm. of your generation, they're looking at the instant, the minute. They want to become influencers. And they spend their lives glued to their cell phones, babbling about nothing of them any real importance they don't take that one step forward and go farther with it
1: yeah yeah and I like to say that trying to be an influencer it's personal branding without purpose I think that you should have some purpose behind it what's the real message that you want to spread I think that's what a lot of people need to ask themselves when they want to get themselves out there
0: and what is your message
1: my message to I have two different messages. the one to my peers is don't let age be a barrier to you. I want to know I want my peers to know that you can go out in the world and carve your own path, do whatever you want to do, start a business no matter how young you are, and be successful at it. Your age doesn't have to be a barrier and then to my clients and other business owners listening, my message would be because you know, my craft crafted social media, there are other non traditional marketing methods that other business owners should explore. And I wanna empower all small business owners to explore those those new methods, marketing through social media and other non traditional digital advertising methods because there's so much um there's so much attention and, and recognition that you can get on your business. Um Towards your business by exploring things like social media, so those are sort of my two separate messages, and that's really what I want to drive home
0: you know in with you guys and your generation, and people like me and well, I follow a lot more what you guys do, but you know a lot of these older generations and the small businesses. How crucial is it for social media and marketing through social media?
1: Yeah, so a lot of the more traditional advertising methods, you know, print advertising, billboards, um, you know, I'm trying to think what else. There there is even digital marketing that's a little bit more, um, that's a little bit less effective, like email marketing. Um, For some businesses, you know, a pizza shop, on the corner of a street that they're not going to need to use email marketing, right? Um, That's more for like a a service-based business or a B2B business. Um, But anyways, I think that you really need to narrow down on what marketing channels are best for your business. And I think that so many businesses, especially small businesses overlook social media as a marketing channel because you can get the most eyeballs for, The least money on your business through social media so i think if you're a a business to consumer company social media is especially valuable just to build brand awareness and if you're a business to business company social media is really valuable to build credibility in addition to that brand awareness so i think it's really about exploring what channel is right for you and in my opinion i think social media is the best channel
0: Well, and, you know, if you
1: do it right, it's free. Right, exactly. It's free. You can do paid social media ads, but I'm not a fan of that. What I like to do for my clients is do organic marketing. So, um, you know, building a following naturally, um, you know, creating content that aligns with the tone and voice of the brand that I'm working with uh, and just really creating that organic content for them. Um, to build that audience that comes back for more.
0: No, when you, um, I'm a big advocate of social media. I, I've mm-hmm. helped promote and build this radio show to where it is now strictly on social media. But so yeah. many people make the mistake of just posting anything and not yeah. having that brand identity.
1: Yeah yeah exactly and i think to your point it's all about the tone and voice of the brand so to break down those two terms the voice is the overall consistent message and sediment of the brand that you want to maintain throughout every post the tone should tie into the voice but it can vary a little bit right humans have different emotions right so think about it like the voice of a brand is like a person's personality but the tone is like the emotion that the person's feeling at the time, right? Just comparing the business to a person. Um, But you really do need to align your content and your marketing material with that tone and voice. And you're right. You can't just be posting anything. You want to post with a purpose. It's all about that purpose and having a, a message behind it.
0: Now, there's so many theories and, you know, especially like with Facebook and how they keep changing their systems to keep up to date with people who figured out how the system works. Mm -hmm. How important is it when you post, especially on like Facebook and stuff to get that interaction, to make sure you end open-ended so that you get that, um, like asking a question or doing something to get your followers involved in what you're posting.
1: Yeah. So that's something that I do with my clients. Um, every month we review the previous month's performance and we look at what posts are performing the best and the worst. And there's a lot of metrics that determine, you know, this is what's doing good. This is what's doing bad. But the two big ones are reach, which is how many people are seeing your posts and engagement. So how many people are liking and commenting, um, excuse me, and interacting with your post, right? So we look at those metrics and the posts that have high engagement, that means that it has a positive sentiment. People like the post, they're interacting with it. They want to see more. So we try and replicate that down the road um, to, to further engage with the audience and to make a better impact. So really it's all about looking at what works, replicating that and omitting or altering what doesn't.
0: Now, in service-based brands, coaches, for instance, and professionals like coaches, yeah. how important is it to be authentic, or is it better to have that facade?
1: I think it's absolutely necessary to be authentic because I like to think of that sort of facade that you're talking about. It's sort of like perfection, you know. You you try and be this uh perfect ideal of what you think you're supposed to be on social media and the fact of the matter is you're not going to build an audience if you're quote-unquote perfect and you have that facade and you you try and be somebody else and you're inauthentic you're not going to build an audience because you have nothing unique about you uniqueness comes in deviating from perfection if that makes sense so i think it's absolutely essential to to be your authentic self on social media. And if you look at the videos and the posts that are doing the best, performing the best, it's posts that are very raw, that have a more authentic feel. Um, and so I think it's absolutely crucial to show your authentic moments, right? Show the behind the scenes of your business. Show the stuff that you might not think is typically posted on social media, but... Your audience wants to see it. Your audience wants to see you. So absolutely be authentic.
0: It's okay to have a bad video.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: I've I've built my following on bad videos. I do radio because I'm really bad at video. I'm one of those that I can talk forever if I'm in a group or I'm talking to someone or I'm doing radio. You get me a yeah. camera in front yeah. of me by myself, I suck at it. It's a, a big barrier for a lot of
1: people is they're sometimes uncomfortable getting on camera. So absolutely creating things that, you know, are more comfortable for you, like just audio, like a radio show. Like that. that's a very successful maneuver. Um, for some people, they do want to overcome that fear. And I have clients. Um, I think this week I'm actually visiting a client who I usually work remotely, but... I want to help her create video content because I know that that's what's going to perform the best for her. Um, So I'm helping her with that. So I think to to be successful in this context, either create an alternative that is going to do well, like if you're not comfortable with video, you know, just do audio, do a radio show, or try and overcome that fear and, uh, you know, go out on a limb, if that makes sense.
0: It does. And that's why when I do my videos, they're live. Cause then I can't edit and I can't, you know, and as I go and put yourself out there, you get better at it.
1: Yes, absolutely. Yeah. The more times you do something, the better you get. I always tell people the first time you do something, don't expect it to be good. Do something for the first time. Be bad at it. Be bad at it the first time, because when you're bad at something, you only go up from there, right? So do it, be bad, learn from it, do it again, and do it better.
0: But it also shows your audience that you're genuine, that you are not this TV actor that has this fancy crew behind you that makes everything perfect.
1: Yeah, it shows that you're human.
0: Because you see so many posts on social media how, you know, Go from no clients to this many clients, make this much money, have this fancy car, have this perfect everything. It's, it's just not a, it's not real.
1: Yeah, and I think that if you're making those posts to attract customers, I think that if anything, showing your successes. I mean, it can be inspirational at times, but I think showing your um, your shortcomings and your your obstacles. Just as much as you show your successes is important and effective because people see what goes, what goes on behind the scenes of your business and what work you put into it and what you have to overcome. And I think that can help people relate to you better and buy whatever you're offering.
0: Now, for you being so young, is it hard to find those clients, especially those adults, and have them listen to what you're saying?
1: Yeah, so I think the first thing that I did to try and get clients was, so I was just cold, doing cold outreach, door knocking on local businesses near me, you know, the first time being bad and getting better. The first time I pitched myself to businesses, I was was like a mess. I completely didn't have my script down, and I just didn't know how to do it. But after doing it, like, two dozen times and, you know, my 14-, 15-year-old self persisting, I finally got my second client and then my third. Um, And then now a lot of the ways that I get clients is, well, through social media myself, um, but also referrals and word of mouth. Um, I'm really trying to, you know, grow my network and get to know more people, and I'm always open to new clients and taking on new projects.
0: I love how you said that. You know, I'm a big believer in your story, the power of story, the power of what you went through to get to where you are. And you emphasize that you didn't have, you weren't prepared. You didn't have your script down. You were nervous. You were doing this, this, and this. And it took you a while and how many closed doors for you to gain that, that security to be able to do it. Yeah. (laughs) When so many people just, especially your generation, give up when things get hard.
1: Yeah. yeah. And to your point, I think a lot of people ask me, you know, friends, peers that ask me, Asher, how do you do it? And I don't like to think that I'm like talented or, or, you know, have some hidden talent or whatever. I, I honestly just think I'm a regular person that persists. It's all about persistence and, you know, as repetitive and redundant as this sounds, you know, we hear it everywhere, but it's so true. Just never give up. Keep going. You know, it's that persistence that uh, made me successful. It wasn't any special talent. It was just that persistence. So my advice to anybody, uh, my age or older, is just keep going. Persistent whatever you're doing. You
0: know, so many people talk about the um, fear of failure, and that's why we fail at so many things because we're so we're so scared to fail. I truly mm. believe it's the opposite. It's the fear of success. You know, most people mm. who start a business, you already have that one foot out the door. You know, when I first started and got into these networking groups, and started talking to people, the first words people ask me is, "What would you be doing if you weren't doing this?" Mm. Mm-hmm. I never thought about it I just haven't figured out the right way to do it you know we're most of us as humans are designed to have that backup plan or what we're going to be doing if this doesn't work instead of figuring out how to make it work
1: yeah yeah and that's interesting I I was talking to a friend the other day and he was saying if you have a plan B you don't go all in on your plan a and i think that's really interesting that you define it as being scared of or fearful of success because you know i think fearing failure is definitely a thing but to your point i agree i think that people can try for something set a goal for something um, but really internally they don't believe in themselves they don't have faith in themselves so really deep down they feel like they're not going to get there even though they set that goal And really what they're just planning out is that plan B. So I think to overcome, as you put it, the fear of success, you need to first, you know, believe in yourself first. You need to have faith in yourself. And I think the way to do that is simply stick to your word, right? Set very small goals. Accomplish those small goals. Stay consistent with it. That helps build your own self-belief, and then you can achieve bigger things from there and really narrow down on that plan A.
0: No, and that's where the organic marketing and all that stuff comes into play. When you build it and you build that following slowly, and I always think of the movie Feel the Dreams. You build it, they'll come. You know, when you build it slowly, you get that momentum. You learn how to deal with everything as it comes instead of the instant overnight success, you become that, you know, that influencer of the day. And all of a sudden you get overloaded by everything that's happening and you can't maintain that.
1: Yeah, and I think it's it's like building a muscle, right? You know, when you go to the gym, if you try to, you know, get strong too fast, you strain your muscle if you if you lift too much, right? um same with finances if you you know so many sports players they go broke because they have a bunch of money right now but you know they don't have the skills to manage that money so so many things in life are like building a muscle it's like very slow and if you get something too fast it it escapes you a lot of times that's just like in human nature i feel like so absolutely with building a brand, it's like building a muscle because, you know, some people, they, they go viral quick, they get that hit, and then they, they sort of fall off after that. But if you really build a brand, building a brand is a long-term thing, which means it takes a while to do it, but once you do it, it'll stick, right? Your brand sticks with you forever. Um, and so, yeah, it's absolutely a long-term thing. And I, I tell that to my clients. I say, you know, we're going to see some short-term results, but what I'm really excited about is the long-term results. Seeing those loyal followers, seeing those people that are going to come back for more and stay loyal to to your brand and your social media pages, that's what's really special.
0: No, as you're building this business this empire <laughs> what do you do on, in the process to give back?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. So I am all about public service and, you know, serving your community. I uh, recently got appointed to the Parks and Rec Board for my township, um, and we're trying to design different parks and trails in our community, which is a lot of fun. Um, I also serve in the student government. Uh, we just, just the other day we got something – uh, pass in our school, uh, approved by the principals to, um, fl- like, play different student music in between classes. Um, we're also doing fundraisers. So I love getting involved in the community in as many ways possible. And I think that's important for everybody to, you know, take a step in and just get involved, find any way you can get involved in your school community, in your local community, Um, in different organizations. That's really important.
0: And I love that. Um, Followers of our shows, um, on Fridays at noon, we have a gentleman. His name is Captain Len Kane. He is a Mm five-time Nobel Prize nominee. He created one of the oldest non-for-profit still in existence today called the Golden Rule Society and it's all about the golden rule and giving back but he also created the kindness campaign and it's all about simple acts of kindness giving back to others yeah Yeah. and we're all about doing that I'd love to introduce you to him by the way because he is a living legend
1: sounds amazing and yeah, I think it starts on a small level. A lot of people think that they have to do, they have to make some monumental change to, to really do good in the world. But, you know, anybody, literally any of the 8 billion people on this earth can make such a positive impact because it starts on the small level, right? It starts by doing one good thing to one other person. And I think a lot of people underestimate that, but it really does start small.
0: And it really does. Um My daughter, she's nine now, but when she was seven, she created because she is um, autistic, and so Mm -hmm. she didn't fit into the clubs at school. She couldn't fit into the groups; they didn't Mm -hmm. work with her what she wanted to do. So she created the Kindness Club. Oh, that's great. And we've taken it a step farther, but not only being kind to each other, but also to be kind to ourselves. But because of her creating that, it's now in 10 different schools. Wow. (laughs) And for her, it was, she didn't plan on making a big splash or, you know, doing something for others. It was, she wanted somewhere to fit in, so she created something to fit into. And now mm. she's running with it. But you know, people complain about all these different things. Instead of complaining about it, find something that you fit into, and if there isn't something, make something.
1: Yeah, that that is really inspirational because it's it's so like my my motto is carve your own path. You know, don't don't make you to do be what you do right do what you really want to do. And yeah, there, there's some, there's some little saying, but I forget it, but it's basically like if other people aren't letting you or you can't get in something, you know, do it yourself. Right. And I think that's great that, you know, you and your daughter created this own club that's in 10 schools. How'd you get it in other schools, by the way, did you talk to the administrators there? I mean,
0: that's amazing. We started out with talking to administrators in her own school and she goes to online schools. So she started out in the Connections Academy schools. And so they liked the idea and started putting it into all their schools. And then through social media, we created a a Facebook page and started picking up a following that way. And then through like Len Kane and a few others, just talking about it. And we have, it's all free. And the best part is, is the way the program's designed is it works with the school, not an extra thing with the school. So it's not something that yeah. has to be taught separately. It coincides with everything else. But we have a, a, a little outline that helps you follow different types of kindness and with reward systems, little stickers and stuff like that that you can um, make mm-hmm. up for kids. And it just kind of started reaching farther and farther that way.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing that, you know, it's it's spread that far. And I love that you said that, you know, she picked up a following on social media. I think that goes to show just how powerful social media can be. Um, That's amazing. Congrats.
0: You know, I've gotten a little bit of slack because she is so young having her own social media account. But it's not. She creates videos on her own. I look at them. I check them out. We upload them together. Mm-hmm. So I monitor and control everything she does.
1: Important for for younger kids because, yeah, I I'm glad I'm thankful that my parents put some limits on me when I was younger because yeah, it's definitely good to uh, to monitor that and. I love that you're both working on it together, and she's probably learning a lot about social media and interacting with people on there, too, along with you.
0: She's getting there. She's starting to understand that it's not the likes that are important. You know, a lot mm-hmm. of kids think the more people notice it, the more important it is. And I sit down and tell about how it's not how many people notice it or care about it or see it. It's what your message is. Out there, is that's important
1: yeah yeah and it you know in my experience working with businesses similar to what you're saying um, you know likes comments shares views you know all of those are good quantitative metrics but really the impact that social media brings um, for small businesses is the, the qualitative results, the results that can't be measured, right? That brand awareness, that uh, positive sentiment. You know, if you're a pizza shop on the corner, you might not know how many customers you're getting from social media. You kind of have to infer that. Um, but that, that's something qualitative that you can't really measure. But, you know, you can infer, hey, look, I'm getting a lot of engagement. These are probably translating into customers, even though I can't measure that. So, anyways, I think it's all about the the qualitative results that you can't really measure, the impact that you make, the sediment. Um, because, yeah, I don't think likes are everything either, and I think that's a great thing that kids should be taught.
0: Right. We don't need their self esteem based on the in external input that they get from social media, which is really the sad part of what today is about. You know, so many kids mm-hmm. are so drawn to that and how much interaction, how many likes they get, that they literally develop their self-esteem around that and they start to think there's something wrong with them personally because people aren't paying attention to them. And you have yeah. to like yourself and who you are before people on the outside are going to like you.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think to your point about liking yourself before um, other people, I think that um, for kids to be on social media, like, obviously, I don't have a kid, but you know, when I'm double my age, and I I have kids, I want to make sure that my kids self esteem is, you know, built up before they're on platforms like these, because it's very dangerous when kids that don't believe in themselves, they don't like themselves, they have low self-esteem. It's very dangerous for those kids to be on social media because of, you know, the reasons that you're talking about tying the likes into their own value. Um, but yeah, I think it's really important to, to teach young people that. And my, my sort of philosophy is I don't judge myself by the results that I get from something. I judge myself by the effort that I put in, right? So, you know, if I post on social media and it was a nicely crafted post with a good message and it doesn't get a lot of likes and comments, um, you know, I'm not going to judge myself based on that. And on the flip side, if it does, and I've had posts for myself and clients that do do better, you know, I'm not going to, to judge myself for that or tie my value into that either. So... Um, it's really important to judge yourself based on your effort and not on your results or other people's, um, you know, interactions or thoughts on you.
0: Well, you're living it now, really. You have the the advantage or the disadvantage, I guess, you know, of living it. But, you know, you have the values and you have that your head squared on to where, you know, You don't live or die by social media. It's a tool. You use it to help you. Right. But it's not something that, you know, it's going to cause you to have a nervous breakdown because Facebook went down for a day.
1: Right. It's absolutely a tool.
0: Tend to forget that. Adults tend to forget that. I mean, you go to a restaurant, you tend to see a family sitting down at a table eating, but they're all glued to their phones hmm yeah excuse me yeah i i read
1: something I, I read something the other day i read something the other day it was like conversation decreases by i think what was it like 30 percent if not even if people have their phones out but by just having the phone flat on the table conversation decreases by 30 percent and to your point phones like when i'm when I'm with family, because I value my family very much, I'm so lucky I'm very close with my family. Phones go away. You know it's super important that my business stays separate, my social media for myself and my clients stay separate. Um, I think that's a lot that's a big thing that people should know. is phones and social media and work and everything should be aside when you're with your family because your family is the most important thing, at least to me.
0: Everything at a time and place. Mm-hmm. Yep. But we gotta give your parents a lot of credit for raising you with those values.
1: Yeah. My my parents are amazing and they've supported me so much. I you know, sometimes when I you know, I hear of friends that might not have the most supportive parents and You know, I I couldn't imagine I I probably wouldn't be where I'm at today if I didn't have parents and family that supported me, Um, because it's it's really tough if you don't have um, a supportive inner circle, because obviously there's there's people in everybody's life that doesn't support them. Right. I know. Uh, many peers that might maybe get a little bit jealous of my business and, you know, they they try and take stabs at me. You know, everybody has those people in their life, but I'm so thankful that my inner circle, the people that I really care about, my close family and friends are very supportive of me. Um, And I think that's a a big thing that people take for granted is the support from family.
0: What advice would you give people that, don't have that and are looking for that?
1: Yeah, and that's a good question because um, I was just talking with somebody else about that. Um, you know, people that might not have the most supportive family or friends, and you know, at my age it, it's not like you can break off from your family if they don't support you, right? You know, you you there's people in your life that you sort of have to be with. So my message to a peer that might not have the most supportive family. Um, I'd say it, it's really tough, but you've got to develop that inner confidence to just do it anyways, even if people don't support you, because no matter someone's relationship to you, every single person on this earth, you know, gets a little jealous or, you know, takes uh, uh, judgment on things that you're doing, you know, that's just human nature. And, you got to get good at having unwavering inner confidence to do what you want to do and not let other people's opinions affect you and It's really difficult when it is an opinion, when it is an opinion of someone close to you um, but that it just it's again with building that muscle it's It takes a lot, it really does, but it's all about building that unwavering inner
0: confidence Now how do we build that? Especially for kids that are struggling yeah
1: I think like I said before I think you need to set goals and they don't have to be big goals right so many people you know again going back to, to seeing all these flashy things and nice lifestyles on social media everybody thinks oh I got to be like them I got to set a goal to have a million dollars in a few years you know, set realistic, small goals. Don't go after the big stuff yet. Set small goals just so that way you can achieve them and have the confidence from sticking to your word. It's all about sticking to your word. So set small, actionable goals. Reach those goals. That's what builds confidence. Because when you do something and you achieve something, you trust yourself. You trust Yeah on a larger scale right so start by setting small goals build that confidence in yourself that way um, because I think ultimately the way that you build self esteem and confidence is just trust in yourself and at least for me the way I trust in myself is when I stick to what I say
0: sorry I'm getting over a head cold <laughs>
1: it's okay
0: so so I have much a, sickness it is it's going around Um, I have a personal question for you. You can choose to answer it or not.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. How important is faith to you?
1: Yeah, so my family, we're not that religious. um, But I think that the religious values and the values that come with faith, I think that they are really important. Um, So I didn't really learn those values Religion. I think I sort of got them elsewhere, but um, I I think a lot of the values that come from religion and having faith are really important, and they should be learned, you know, one way or another. And I think, you know, some of those values like giving back, you know, doing good to one another, um, I think that there are a lot of positive values that tie into what we were just talking about, you know, having confidence in oneself and stuff like that. You know, I think those values are important. And even though I don't really come from a religious family, I think that the things that come with religion and faith are very good.
0: It kind of all goes hand in hand one way or another. And really just having that belief in something other than ourselves is important. Yeah. No matter what it is.
1: Yeah, believing in other people, believing in the world, believing that the world's good and, you know, you can make a positive impact on yourself and other people. You know, just having that optimistic mindset is really important.
0: Now, with having this optimistic mindset, do you believe there's fear of being too optimistic or... there's a, a line we can navigate. You know, we ha- we hear so much, especially on social media, about how being positive, how everything has to be positive and not being real uh, with ourselves and understanding, you know, we're going to mm-hmm. have bad days. You know, we're going to get upset. We're going to get mad. That's okay.
1: Yeah. I think I'm all about balance, right? I'm all about balance between everything. Um, but you can't reach an exact balance with everything, right? You can't be exactly the right balance of optimistic and realistic and you know, some people are more pessimistic, right? You can't strike an exact balance so I try to stay in the middle. I try to stay more realistic but I'd say if anything, it's better to veer on the optimistic side and you know believe that you can do something even if it's you know, something big. Um, So I think it's better to lean optimistic, but at the same time have that sort of balance um, and be realistic. And to your point about, you know, having bad days, you know, I, I have bad days, I have good days. The most successful people in the world have bad days, and it's okay to have a bad day sometimes. I think having the bad days help make the good days good, right? So I would say, Being realistic is good, but if you have to lean one side or the other, I'd say, you know, be optimistic. Be optimistic in yourself and your abilities and in other people and, you know, believe that there is a ton of good in the world because there is.
0: Which can be hard to do, especially in this day and age with so much bad. All you see is bad. You never really see the good. But you're going to find what you're looking for.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah and I agree I think that there's so much going on in the world that um you know is is really tough for all of us to hear and 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 go through um but I think you know sometimes taking a break from that stuff you know I I believe in turning off the news sometimes I love to stay up to date with current events and stuff like that but sometimes I just got to take a break you know and and you know, care for ourselves. And, you know, I think that you can't have the good without the bad. You can't have the bad without the good. So again, it's really important to have that balance. And, um, and yeah.
0: Now, how do you keep everything balanced?
1: Yeah, I would say, so my, my big balance is between, you know, challenging myself while staying you know while while challenging myself enough but keeping it healthy you know because i don't want to do so much that i burn myself out i don't want to um push myself to the max because that's not sustainable so i'd say my biggest struggle is that delegate balance between you know challenging myself and caring for myself right um and so that that's something that's tough but I like to do one thing each day that's, you know, a little out of my comfort zone that's new to me. Um, you know, reach out to a prospective client, you know, just do something that, that advances me somehow. Um, but also, you know, myself out, not working 16 hour days, you know, um, so I think that's a balance for me. That's the most important. And I think that's something that a lot of people can relate to pushing yourself enough without pushing you too far if that makes sense
0: it does now my question for you do you find a balance to still be a kid
1: yeah so that that's a good question because my parents asked me that they're like you know you know you should hang out with friends more or or, or do normal kid things and you know, I, I go out with my friends occasionally and, you know, I'm very social, I'm super extroverted, so I do that a lot. But, you know, everybody thinks and and it's true, you know, being a teenager is a time to 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 be stupid, you know, just to, to do teenager things and to learn from it. And I think that, you know, part of being a teenager is just doing stuff and learning and experiencing. I feel like I'm at the, at the point where I've like done a lot of that and I've experienced a lot and I'm very like older than I am. Everybody calls me an old soul. Um, and I feel like my version of experiencing is through my business and through, I mean, gosh, all the stuff that I do. Um, And I think that me being a kid, it looks a little different, but I definitely love hanging out with people, my family and my friends. Mm -hmm. I'm very social. Uh, But, yeah, that's a balance. That's a delicate balance that I think some other teenagers that are in a position like mine where they have, um, you know, something on the side, whether it be a business or a club that they're running or some other endeavor, I think that's a balance that a lot of people can Uh, struggle to to achieve.
0: Right. We just don't want you to have to go back in your 40s and realize, I wish I'd have done this as a kid. I didn't have time trying to be the next Elon Musk. (laughs) Yeah, I, I wonder if I
1: will get to that point. I don't think I will. I feel like I've done, I remember my middle school years where my years of, you know, just fooling around and doing things, and you know, and getting in trouble and learning from that, you know, that's just part of the growth process that everybody goes through. Um, and I, I think I'm thankful that I've experienced that in middle school. So that way now in high school, I can, uh, focus more on the things that matter, you know, but I feel like everybody, every teenager has to go through that phase. And I think I just went through it earlier. Um, but yeah, I, I think when I'm older, I, I do wonder, like, will I will I want to be young again? You know, will I want to be young again? Um, but I, I don't know. I think with time,
0: we'll see. Well, we're all going to want to be young again. We all want to do dumb things again.
1: Yeah, that's true. That's true. You know.
0: But, you know, you always think back as you get older, and it's like, man, how would we survive our childhood? You know, I'm the generation Mm -hmm. of life before Internet. Yeah. So, you know, we drank from the house. We played outside without cell phones. Our parents didn't know where we were from sunup to sundown. And we survived. Mm -hmm. We did a lot of dumb things. But then you hear stories of our grandparents who've done even dumber things.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, and sometimes it's it's almost... um what's the good word for it, relieving, relieving or comforting, um, knowing that, like, my elders, you know, my parents, my grandparents, um, you know, just people older than me, went through similar experiences that I did and that my peers did, you know, because everybody, everybody has to explore. Everybody has to do dumb things and learn from it. That's just part of the growth process. And I think a lot of my peers – like look at other adults and think you know oh they're they're perfect they don't mess up um but everybody messes up and everybody's going through that process of being a teenager um and i think that's comforting when you really look at it and it's like hey i'm just growing up you know this is normal
0: no matter how technology changes and how things change one thing stays the same. We all have done dumb things one way or another. And we've all learned, learned from, them. from them. Some <laughs> longer than others. Yep. Some yep. of us repeated the dumb things over and over again, but eventually we learn from them.
1: Yeah. And I think that a lot of people, and this goes back to being optimistic, right? A lot of people are like, oh, man, you know... I, I don't know how to do this. I'm going to mess it up. I'm going to do something dumb, you know, and and maybe it's a more general thing. Like some, some teenagers might think to themselves like, Oh, all these adults, you know, they know so much more than me. I'm going to have to mess up a bunch of times before I know what they do. But like, that's a good thing. You know, it's good to, it's good to mess up. It's good to do dumb things because you learn from it. And I think so many people try and, Avoid those potential experiences. And you shouldn't avoid them. Just go through them, you know?
0: When you avoid them, you, you always end up with that what if.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And you always begin to wonder if things were a little different, if you'd have done it differently. When you just do it.
1: Yeah. 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 So as we yeah. run down like,
0: the today, go ahead.
1: You you get backed into a corner, I feel like, you know, like in the game of chess, if like confronting these experiences and actually going through the experience, if it were a game of chess, it would be like, you know, capturing pieces and advancing your pieces. But when you just try and avoid them, you know, it's like just moving your king, you know, it's like just hiding your king from all of your opponent's pieces, like you're not doing anything, Right. You're you're backing yourself into a corner, and eventually it's going to get you where you've put off experiencing all these things, and now you know nothing, right? You need to, you know, trek through these obstacles and just live it, you know?
0: Exactly. What advice would you give listeners on the next step of what they should do?
1: On what they should do. So I like to tell people that, and I I remember looking at your page and I saw this quote, um, uh, you don't have to see this whole staircase as long as you take the first step. And I thought it was funny that, was that on your page, by the way, or am I just thinking of things?
0: No, it was on my page.
1: Yeah, yeah. I saw that, and it's funny because that's the quote that I use in a lot of my speaking engagements uh, when I talk to students. And whenever they ask me, I tell them that because so many people think that you need to see the entire runway cleared out. You need to have the plan clear, and, and you need to be able to see everything. You really don't. You just need to focus on what's right in front of you. If I tried to plan out my whole business to where it is at today from when I started, you know, I, I just wouldn't have been able to do it, and I would be so overwhelmed I wouldn't have even started. So my message and my advice to someone that's just starting out is literally just start. Just take that first step. Simply execute. Execute on something. Even if it's not the most strategic thing, if you just try something, Let's say it works out. That's great. If it doesn't, you fail. You learn from it, right? And then you can try another thing. But literally just start. Just take that first step. And you really have to overcome a lot of fear to do that. But just push through that fear. Take that first step. I can't emphasize that enough. You don't need to know everything that you're doing. Just take the step.
0: You know, one of the examples I always use, and you'll get there, is – babies when they first learn to walk Mm -hmm. you see them taking that first huge step fall down and they keep getting up and they keep doing it and doing it until they finally get it you know Mm -hmm. that first step Mm -hmm. is the hardest thing you're ever going to do but it's the most rewarding step
1: yeah yeah I love that analogy
0: you know it's like jumping out of an airplane Mm -hmm. It's the scariest step you're ever going to make, but it's the coolest step when you land.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I love that. I'm going to have to use that one.
0: (laughs) I used to do that for a living. Really? Yeah. I search and rescue aviation in the Army.
1: That's amazing. Wow.
0: Well, I say it's the scariest step, but it's the coolest step in the process. Is the first steps need to walk out of an airplane.
1: That's amazing. You said you're in the army. Correct. For for the army. Wow. So you jumped out with a parachute on land, right?
0: Yeah. I started at 17.
1: That's amazing. 17 years old doing that, and that was probably really scary for you the first time, right?
0: Yeah, well, and it's really fun. Is that when you start out, you're in a helicopter and you're going up and down, up and down, up and down.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: You don't know how high you are, and you're only like five feet off the ground the first time you jump.
1: Okay, wow, that that's so inspirational. By the way, I mean, being you said seventeen.
0: I enlisted in the army when I was seventeen years old.
1: Being 17 and doing that is so inspirational. I mean, no, you know, everybody says to hey, me, no other 16-year-old has a business. I could tell you, no other 17-year-old. That, I mean, that is amazing.
0: Yeah, you can enlist in the military at 17 if you're on the honor roll with parents' permission or guardian permission.
1: Wow. wow.
0: And this is pre-9-11, so. Mm. Going on with my computer today. So as we <laughs> wind down the clock and we run out of t- running out of time for today, I want to thank you for being here and for yeah. joining us today.
1: Yeah. yeah, it's been awesome. Could I share my website in case anyone wants to get into contact with me?
0: Yes, and it is in the links. Of description of the show that I'm going to send you but yes send out your link to your email or to your website oh. I'm sorry
1: Yeah, so my website yeah. has everything on it my social media my email um, uh, Dahlgren com is my website D-A-H-L-G-R-E-N social.com you can learn more about me there follow me on social media I'd love to get into contact with um, your listeners it's been such a pleasure talking to you, Mary, and thank you.
0: Yes, and then um, I will send you the link to our Facebook group so you can post your stuff in there, too.
1: Thank you so much.
0: So, thank you for joining us in our special edition today. Join us tomorrow at noon Eastern with Travel Tuesday and how using travel can, one, help your mental health, your physical health, but also help with your wallet and saving money. So have a good day, have a good night, and we'll see you back here tomorrow. Bye for now. Thank you for tuning in to Optimize My Life Radio. We hope you found today's show insightful and empowering. Remember to follow us on social media and Optimize My Life for updates, additional resources, and to stay connected with our community. Join us back here tomorrow at 12 p.m. Eastern for another enriching episode as we continue our journey towards a more fulfilling and optimized life. Until then, take care and remember to make each day count.